0: treat your personal time as a real commodity. Like, time is precious. It's a precious commodity. Um, I think just because you're a certain age, you may not realize that. But the time of, let's say, as we said, 24 hours in each day, treat that time preciously. And I would say, you know, just make a list or a mental list of the, the people that you interact with in your life, whether it be in your career or outside of your career that you get inspired by and really want to spend more time with and make sure that you're moving in a direction in which you get to spend time with the people that inspire you.
1: Trusted and proven, pushing the limits on every shot. We never fear failure. Join us as we set ourselves against the odds, bringing you cutting edge voices in every industry. This is is the ironclad podcast so Pete Abel is one of the most important names in filmmaking him and his brother started Able City over 30 years ago and Abel City rents sells and services the most elite filmmaking gear in the industry they've really leveled the playing field for everyone they've allowed people to be able to come into the industry and have access to not only gear but now education so me and Pete had a chance to sit down and chat he talked about longevity in the business, the importance of adapting, and how his principles tie into everything he does as a business leader. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I know you will, too. You know, the, when we started this, the start of this podcast was because we work with so many incredible brands and people. And honestly, we it started... I had these long-form interviews that I was doing for these commercials or for these brand pieces, and I would just be so blown away by the content we would get and the stuff and the things we would hear from these folks, and right. all of it hit the cutting room floor. And uh, you know, from from professional athletes to leaders, there was so much powerful stuff that couldn't fit into a two-minute piece. We said, "Man, how do we create uh, long-form?" version of these things that, that we're getting to experience, our crew and the people that we work with. And then it started branching into the brands and businesses we work with. How can we bring those resources and minds to other people like us, right? And it's not just content creators. It's people that perform on a high level and want to achieve their visions and their dreams. So that's where you line and up what with better
0: this. way? what better way to know more about your customers too, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. And. Um, you know, when we talk to leaders, you know, I always leave getting so inspired from hearing the stories of cha- challenge, adversity, adaptation, uh, the things that they experience. And, and your brand, AbleCinny, is such a staple in the industry. And I remember when, I, when we started Ironclad, it was 10 years ago now, and there, the industry was a lot different then. It wasn't as common It wasn't something that uh, everybody was a filmmaker, right? There wasn't digital um, access to these digital cameras and things along those lines. And you were a staple in the industry then. And what you've been able to evolve into now and what you've been able to represent to the filmmaker and to the community and its growth has just been incredible.
0: Well, thanks. I mean, it's so funny you say 10 years ago, uh, and, and you say that the field wasn't so wide, but in fact, you know, when we started back in the film days, so we're 30 years old this year, right? As, as able, at least. Um, And when we started 30 years ago, it was what we call a real exclusive industry. And so, I mean, to me, Jeremy, the tools always dictate uh, how the craft, uh, how, how creatives create, right? right? So the technology influences, you could look at it in music. You could look at it in in, uh, in in a lot of different uh, genres. But um, in our industry specifically, the techno- technology has always driven uh, what the creatives can do, sort of um, empower them to, to go further. But we were at a time, we started at a time where the exclusivity was, you know, we shoot, you know, uh, filmmakers were shooting film. Right. And so by very definition, they needed to be able to afford their uh, a production. Um, so you just had to have a certain... It's like playing hockey. You don't right. just don't become a ho- hockey, hockey student. You have to afford the ice time. Yep. And back then it was uh, you know, this uh, sense of being in a position to become a filmmaker, and then the, the tools of the craft were expensive. Um, t- to learn them and get a decent image was was harder than now. And so you can argue... Um, you know, what, what does that do to the creative process? You could argue that both ways, that it's both liberating, but it's also um, could be a crutch. And, and over the years, because we've been around from the days that every image was precious, uh, both because of time and expense, we understand, or at least in, innate in us, was this sense that um, we, we had a role. We had a role in service, and our role in service with the filmmaker was to make his or job his or her job easier, to get the image that he or she wants, and to get it in a way that's uh, going to really exploit everything that that tool could could give them. And at a time, it doesn't matter if it's the film days or the early video days or when you guys started as Ironclad, or today, I don't. I think that translates really well, and I think. Sometimes, and I've heard this from other people. What's surprising about Abel Sene is often that you know we remain relevant even though we're a 30 year old company. Um, but it, it, for us, it's, it's never been a surprise because I think what we I think what a good company or at least a, a disciplined company does is they really think about their core purpose and not exactly what they do. But um, you know, what's the purpose of the company? Why why should should we even exist, right? And if so, what's the reason that we exist? So we really always have thought about, uh, you know, the our role within um, and our relationship to the content creators. And so, since that mission, if you will, has been clear, and has been the you know the thread through everything that we've evolved through over the years. Um, it, it becomes a lot clearer for us to make business decisions when, you know, there's a, a, a critical change a disruption in the market, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's,
1: that's, do, do you think when you get those critical changes and disruptions, be, yeah, because you know your purpose, because you're so tuned in and because your background and you have so many f- passionate people about the industries you serve, are you able to weather those storms or adapt way faster than competitors?
0: Um, I, I can't speak for competitors' feeling about their, their commitment to their purpose. We could only control ours, right? Um, and, you know, when you go through a disruption or as a company you decide on a change or there's aspects of you know, economics or whatever that impacts your company, um, meaning things you can co- control, the, the direction of your company, and then things you can't control, the environment around you, well, at least arguably, you can't control most of it. Um, I think it makes it easier to be committed to a direction. It may not make it easier to actually execute. But when you have great people that are really, really uh, committed to what they're doing, uh, and there's a very clear direction uh, and and purpose to the company, even if that direction, even if the implementation of that's changing, it's up to us as the leaders of the company, myself, my brother, and, and our, and the leaders of our company to make sure that that, uh, objective is extremely clear for the staff. doesn't matter how great your folk, your folks are, if they're marching in a different direction, um, it, it, it's a lot of energy spent in the wrong direction.
1: Was that something that you had to learn to define that purpose and to communicate it? Or was it something that you've had from day one?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, um, I, I never considered myself a leader, or you know, have a desire to, you know, run a big company or have lots of employees or you know, manage large situations. Um, that that really isn't a a factor in the evolution of either myself, my company, and I think my brother's the same way. I think um, I we develop these skills. I mean, I mean, we've been in it since we were 17. Right. You know, we, we had zero formal training, um, including the tech. Everything that we've learned has been through the experience of the company.
1: Right. And, and and I find it, you know, I've had to learn so many lessons, generally the hard way as a leader, right? And as we grow and and I have in my head, well, I know my purpose. I know what I'm doing. This is why I want it. And then I, I'm going hard charging these things and, and I'm leaving the team behind sometimes. And I've had those instances where I've had to stop and kind of under, have to understand, you know, and I do have to learn as I go along. I have to develop. I, and now my purpose has evolved. I'm, my purpose is, is the team and, 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 and their um, professional and personal growth and their family growth and their well being, and yet still pursuing their dreams. Um, it's just so funny as it evolves. Has there been any tough pills to swallow or tough lessons learned in that area for you? <sighs>
0: Well, number one, it's not about you. Um, I, I think I don't know how it was for you guys, but in the first the first time you have, you know, we've always said critical mass of employees is like 15. Right. And we always, always use 15 for number of um, uh, you know staff that should be under one manager. Once you get past a certain number, it's just our internal number where we say, boy, when we got to 15 employees, our responsibility shifted. You know, you start a business, you think, well, this is going to further my career. This is going to do what me and my my team always envisioned we would do. But very quickly when you have uh, a staff um, and, of course, if if you're lucky enough to develop a loyal following of customers, whether on your end, uh, your clients or on our end, uh, you know, filmmakers and content creators, you, you realize very quickly at least... In our philosophy, that you really have to take a backseat to customers' needs and customer uh, satisfaction with you as a company, and then the responsibility of your of your staff. Um, so, and I think you just find uh, the funny thing is we we got we get into different business for different reasons. I remember. The first time we started, well, when we started ABLE 30 years, I'm trying to do the math. My brother was probably 25 or so. And one of the real reasons we wanted to start our own company, other than the circumstances allowed us to move into this position, was he wanted to be in control of his own time. You know, he didn't want a 9-to-5 job. And so now he doesn't have a 9-to-5 job. Now he's got a 6-to-8 job, yeah. right? So, <laughs> so, but but it's funny, the reasons you start something and what you envision what um, entrepreneurship the what pro, the, the romanticism of right. entre- entrepreneurship is oh my god I get to do all these great things with people that I love hanging around with and I get to do something in an in industry that I love right but that's just the tip of the iceberg what really starts to kick in when you're successful is stewardship responsibility and purpose. And then, if your purpose was right from the heart, I think—at least from us—it always was one of service and servitude and being in the background. Then, if that was the right calling for you, for us, um, that—that's—that's that's why we were able to adapt. That's why the company is still seen, at least I hope so, as a company that's based in service, based in support, tech, education, whatever your interpretation is of of support. Um, that to me means you're doing what you should be doing.
1: When you're on the road as much as us and you are in every scenario under the sun from freezing cold conditions to uber hot conditions in Death Valley, you want batteries that will perform for you. For us, it's core. It's the only option and they have a new battery out called the HyperCore Neo. I'm gonna have to read the bullet points on this thing because it's so crazy, but I promise you, we've used it in the field and it's transformed the game. It's less battery swap outs, more durable, more options than ever before. So it's TSA pre-check, it's RFID, it's rubberized, it's got a USB so you can charge your phone, you can plug in accessories, you can do anything from there. It's got hibernation mode on it, it's a high current delivery, which is a new feature, and ultimately it communicates with the camera. This battery is insane. Core has always taken care of us. We're ironclad and we're core driven. The industry has gone through so many different changes with technology, with what's needed. Sometimes, like you said, it can be a pro work on. I feel like, you, you you, know, it waters things down to a degree, but it also gives people access that they've never had before and some uber talented people to creating inspirational content. What do you feel about that influx of content right now that you're seeing how do you think it'll sustain itself? I mean, I I feel like it's not going anywhere. I feel like the addiction levels of people just soaking it in is there. Do you see that? Do you see the, the, the filmmaker uh, growing every day, the filmmaking community growing every day?
0: I think it depends on what level of the market you're at, what um, you know, what markets you serve in terms of content. Um, I also, you know, again, Our affinity and our love and our heart has always been in documentary film. Right. And that non-scripted space, doc space, independent film as well. And so uh, if you're an independent filmmaker and you look at sort of the proliferation of content in streaming studios, and if you just look at um, what um, their focus has been in terms of the type of content that they're ordering up, it's just so gratifying to see that... um, episodic or long form documentary has had this sort of resurgence and this you could just a renaissance if you will. That is like the most gratifying thing that that I've seen out of all this. Because um you know maybe it's just the economics of it that it's a lot less expensive for, you know, a a, a studio to order um four to eight episodes of a documentary with a small crew. Um, but I don't care how we got there. I think it's great for the viewer. I think it's great for documentarians, because as you know, from what you guys do, some of the most compelling stories that are out there uh, are are what's actually happening. Yeah. you know, and the stories that we uncover. So I think if you're in the non-scripted space, it's a time for everyone to be quite excited. I think there's, this, you know more studios just coming online now. Um, last two years, everyone's focused on Netflix and where they're going in terms of content. But um, I do believe we have to focus on and have the discipline to make sure that the content we're putting out as an industry is of high production value. And again, I don't mean as much. Everyone thinks we're so wrapped up in the tech of it all. Of course, it should look good and... and um, you know that type of production value in terms of uh, you know cinematic quality. but I'm really talking about storytelling and uh, images that capture emotion, yeah, however, you may do that. Um, so I think we're in a time of, yeah, everyone is going to be real busy and that's exciting, but I'm really not one for qu- quantity over quality, yeah, and what I like about, Uh, at least the things that we're, you know, involved with, is that we could, meaning the collective we, an industry, could take advantage of where technology is going and where the manufacturers are and the price points that that are happening. I mean, think about what you can do today. Full format, cinematic imaging, uh, high dynamic range, all at price points that when you guys started, you could only dream of, right? It's crazy. Right? So it's exciting, but I think when it's a feeding frenzy, that's when you really need discipline as I would say as creators and also as you know service providers like us.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's powerful words. And you know, I love the word discipline. We 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 talk about it all the time. As a leader, how much discipline have even on even in your own life, right? How much have you had to practice and um and really make an effort to implement on a daily basis,
0: uh, Jeremy. It's a a lot more than you could even imagine. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think of I think of it this way: it, you know, we're in a creative industry, but we're also in a tech industry, and so by very definition, whether it's our clients or whether it's our staff or whether it's our interns or whether it's uh, our management team. I'm a big believer in, in this industry that we need left and right side of the brain activity. We need to be understand technology. We need to understand uh, sort of logical um, structure to whatever it may be, workflows or discipline. We need linear thinking, you know, from that standpoint. Right. But we also need to understand, and I don't care who it is in our company, almost every hire we think about this, we need to understand how... The creativity and the the left side of the brain, the logic, feed together. And so, in in my own discipline, I clearly acknowledge that there are parts of my job, parts of my role, that are just clearly about getting stuff done, um, having a, a a proper business structure, having a proper um, you know approach to you know anything just logical, linear thinking. Um, and that's probably, I would say 80% of my job in terms of the everyday time. But, um, the most important part of my job is the creative side of it. And I'm, I'm very, very, um, um, aware of when I'm doing a, a big picture creative project and when I'm doing a, a business project. And so, you know, the discipline that I, create is mostly about preparation right um and i deep i think deeply about it and i prepare for everything i I even prepare for uh you know meetings you know in in ways that i really i need to know my subject my topic even if it's an operational meeting yeah um so preparation is the biggest but you also have to know yourself and i think you also have to know when as a a person, and it's a personal thing, when you, let's just say, I mean, even for yourself, I'm sure that there are times of the day where you are most aware, whether you're, mo- when you're most productive, when you get the most stuff done, right? or there might be times of the day when you're most approachable, right? right. Or there might be times of the day the, or an environment where you you're most fertile in ter- terms of ideas and and um, you know and free thinking, right? And I try to make sure that I'm aware of when I'm best in all those roles, and just make sure that the structure of my time is so that I'm doing that activity at a, at a time that I want to do it, that my body wants to do it, my and my brain wants to do it. That's, and that's, it sounds silly, but it makes it, It's all about self discipline. It really is.
1: Well, no, that's awesome. I, I, um, I'm a big fan, and and I think it's only become in the past two, probably a year and a half of implementing. You know, I, 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 I would say since I got married, I've I've tried to be a disciplined person. I've tried to be disciplined in my personal life, my professional life. As stakes got higher at Ironclad, I tried to implement more discipline to my workflow. And I started actually seeking coaching and different things where I could challenge myself and and bounce things off. So what you're saying is you're you're, you're really preaching to me. And I, I, um, I, you know, I haven't analyzed my most productive times or my most. Uh, I have on my working out, right? I have on my AM routine, my PM routine, um, but not necessarily inside the workday. Uh, which makes total sense, and and that's what I love about speaking to other leaders and other high performers is that you'll hear something, it's like, of course, why didn't I think (laughs) of that? You know, but it's great. It's great. I I even like the most creative times and and really putting the analytics into that. I'm going to take that note. So when are you most creative? I feel like it's once I get my groove. So for me, once my motions are starting, right? So... When it, if you're looking at a 24-hour day versus a 10-hour work day, it's a yeah, little 24. different, right? Yeah. A 24-hour day, it's the evenings, right? I, I've 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 knocked out the majority of my logistics. I try to get those done first thing. So uh, where I tell everyone, my most valuable time is my PM routine. I love my PM routine. I'm getting all my tasks knocked out for the next or put in line for the next day. I'm auditing my day. I'm taking my time to do my reading. I'm taking my time to kind of get my vision back in, fo- in focus. So that way the next day I can hit the ground running. So I love that reset. And then I love the kind of the grind of the morning. And then I'm free. It feels, you know, yeah, I, I, it's, it's interesting. Funny, but
0: I, I do this. You're, you're playing tricks on your own, the way your brain is, right? Yeah. You, you got to play tricks in order to do the mundane stuff to get to the fun stuff. Right. That's the way it works for me. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that, you know, whether you're talking about a work day or twenty-four hour day, they're all twenty-four hours. Right. Right. The last time I checked, that's twenty-four hours that we can use. Right. And I think one of the things that this industry warrants, now other industries don't, but this industry warrants is that you know, I find that, you know, among your friends or people you know, or even your staff, you either have a career of of something you're passionate about, and that's what you do for a living, or you have a job. Right. And to me, a job is when you you show up because you have to, and that you can shut that off. And and you know, it's it's every person's personal decision of whether they want to have a job, or whether they want to have a career. But you can just you know just swap the word passion or swap the word calling for career. That to me is the same thing, right? So once you get out of you don't have a job. And I don't have a, resp- a a job equals a responsibility that I have to do. Then you just you just gained the rest of your day. You have a 24-hour window in which to do whatever you want uh, based on the way your your brain and body function. And I think most people um, try to. You can't be led by the clock or the or the sun. It has to be what what works for you, right? And and I'm very similar to to you in the sense that I I think maybe one thing I do is slightly different is I I plan weeks at a time Mm -hmm. so that I can look at a a framework of a certain block of days. And it's usually around seven works for me. And it might be on a weekend or Sunday or Saturday when I kind of, you know, plot out everything that I need to get done and hope to get done creatively um, for my own, you know, sort of uh, curiosity is part of my creative and for the, for the business and, and the things of course that we all have to do. Um, and I just don't separate uh, anything between work and non-work. It's, it still all falls into those two buckets. And once you look at it at, at a week at a time, then you could really think about, Oh, well, I have to travel this day. I have to see this one who I, you know, I'm inspired by this day. And so even your sleep patterns, your in my business, I get mo- so much of my inspiration and you know one on one after after a work day, going out for a drink, going out for a meal, one on one or in small groups, and that's where I get most of my inspiration from other people. and there's times it's free thinking. there's no no back end. That, right. you know you can go as long as you want. but I think in in for me, uh, seven days at a time allows you to um, really structure kind of an exciting uh, you know, week, a lot of things to look forward to.
2: My name is Brian Kane, and I've made it my life's mission to educate, empower, and energize others to live their best lives through mental performance mastery. I regularly meet with Fortune 500 companies, professional and Olympic athletes, MMA world champions, and top NCAA and high school coaches business leaders, and elite performers in all arenas to discuss mental performance strategies that can elevate their careers, improve their relationships, and ultimately make the world a better place. On the new season of the Brian Kane Podcast, I'm bringing you more stories of how these incredible people have used mental performance strategies to overcome adversity and achieve their life's goals, and how you can too. If you're looking for a podcast that will inspire you to achieve more and give you insights into the methods employed by some of the world's most successful people, then be sure to subscribe now to the Brian Payne Podcast on the Ironclad Content Network. It's the mental fuel you need to dominate the day.
1: You know, even talking about the replacing the word career with passion or calling, that's powerful. And I think that so many people and it might be because of the industry we're in. Content, it's very easy to just sit there and watch and watch. You get stuck in the I get home, I turn on Netflix, I chill. I wait for the weekend. It happens. I get home, I turn on Netflix, I chill. And, you know, what I tell our guys here at work is like, we're content is a major addiction. We better be making the multivitamin, <laughs> right? Instead of the drug, the bad drug, we're making the multivitamin. And, uh, how how do you think that plays into people's lifestyle in breaking potentially the 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 potential that people could live up to? You know, being stuck without that discipline and just being sucked into content.
0: Look, if we're in the industry and we're and we're sort of uh, taking the drug, you know, you know, we say it around here is you know um, th- this idea of the episodic and multiple seasons and projects being greenlit, you know, over and over is to create the binging effect. Yeah. And binging is the gateway drug to addiction of, of content addiction. There's no doubt. Right. And it's programmed that way. And, you know, it's good for us, you know, in our businesses, but it's really hard um, for anyone to have the discipline, not to be led by, as you kind of say, it's like, end of the day, you chill and you just watch what you think would be the the highest priority um, satisfying content that's out there. But I still think you have to have the discipline of uh, you deciding what's really important. And, uh, you know, I think um, time of day type of content and you you can't, you know, can't take the binging drug. You you have to um, stay in control of your own time. And I do believe the evenings is sort of that... um, Kind of flies under the radar as well. There's no time left. It's 10 o'clock at night, but actually, that's gold. That's golden time. That's the time that's yours to do what you want with. So, I, I think, I think it's going to be problematic for uh, all kinds of people because, you know, the content that we're going to be creating is even more compelling. So it's going to be more of a a, a, a difficult uh, addiction for you know all kind you know people of of all demographics.
1: Yeah. It's very including interesting, us. Yeah, including <laughs> us. Yeah. I, I've, uh, I even do little practices. I do like little content fasts. I'll just say, you know, because I, I, I think there's value in it. I really do. But I also think some of my most creative times happen at the gym or happen when I'm just, even if I'm out in my yard doing something that I've been putting off or something along those lines, I think there's value to letting your mind work rather than being fed. And, uh, I think 100%. creatives as creatives, sometimes we forget that and we get so enamored by other people's creative work and we start watching and start watching and we fall for it. And that balance is that we're eating Twinkies. That's all we're doing is eating Twinkies and we're not exercising. it's, it's, it's the, it's the mental Twinkie that we're watching all day. So, uh, I see it in our, you know, especially with young creatives, it's a lot of content. It's a whole lot. But
0: you see now, ne- your business, so how many employees do you guys have?
1: We have twelve.
0: Oh, you get to that magic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that magic number. But I'm sure you feel that responsibility now. Absolutely. You know, and as you said, you get married and having a successful business, and now having a business that has a you know great reputation. You then have this new responsibility. But the fact that you guys are shooting and doing the creative, and then run and you know then running a business really you know requires a lot of free thinking and a lot of uh you know outside the box you have to keep nurturing that creative side right um you know one of the things that's always worked for me is uh you know look being a new yorker you deal with all kinds of weather and all kinds of you know at, very competitive uh, environment um you got to be better than than the next person but to me it's always like you could always choose to work harder Right. You could always choose to get up earlier. You could always choose to just put in a little bit more extra prep time than the next person, and that's yeah. It's no secret. You 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 could always work. You can always dig deeper. I think that, and that's what I think. Over time, you learn about yourself. You always have another gear that, if you need it, um, you can kind of you could tap it. Yeah. And now, when you get to either our business or our age—it's much more about intellectually what we could do. You know, we're not out in the field. You guys are physically out in the field, so you got to think of your body and your intellect right now because both feed your career. Right. Um, for better, for for better or worse, I have to mostly think about my intellect, right. and I really feed feed that um, and and kind of nurture that. Uh, more than anything else and i'm really really conscious of it
1: what are you doing to do that what kind of practices have you put in place to to make those things happen
0: when i'm well i get up early you know i'm, I'm a firm believer in it, if the day's done and you, you're spent and you've done everything that you really needed to get done i that i'm done right so 9 10 o'clock if i'm done i'm done right? right um but i'll get up at five and 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 I will work out in the morning, but mostly yoga or uh, some meditation or a routine that, um, even though it's early, allows me to kind of ease into the day and just think about stuff. Right. Um, but um, I think my dis the getting into the work work early is very similar to what you do. Is then you're really in control of your day. You've you've decided to. Literally have an hour or an hour and a half to just think about what you got to get done, and that's when you really can start to either free think to some extent or you know set your day up in a way that you can just be ultra ultra uh, productive. And and I do pride myself in being highly productive, but it's not a secret. I just get up early. I'm very disciplined in in how I spend my uh, time. All the time, um, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm in- engaging at work, um, not a lot of just, you know, chit chat, n- nothing accomplished kind of stuff until there's a time for that. And then at that time, that's, you know, it's more rewarding. It's it's more productive.
1: Was that um, was that something you've had to grow into or has it always been the way?
0: Oh, definitely grew into
1: that. Yeah. Was it because you would, started seeing gaps? Yeah.
0: Um, no, the job got more complex. Right, you know the clients got bigger, the staff got bigger. Um,
1: stakes the, are higher. Uh,
0: stakes are higher. More responsibility, and um, yeah, no, it, it, I had to go to a different level. Right, and um, I didn't know that I would have the capacity or capability to, let's just say, you know, be in the room with certain level clients, um, understand the technology to the level surround ourselves with, you know, amazing, you know, sophisticated team, uh, accomplish some of the things we've done as a company, partner with some great partners. I'd never even dreamed that that was something I had the capacity of doing. But I think, you know, each step along your your path, you learn uh, a new technique or a new. you learn something new about yourself. And I think, quite frankly, Jeremy, it's much more about confidence. Right. Yeah. Um, Because innately, if you've experienced everything and you have, uh, you know, some level of care, uh, those experiences make up your, uh, you know, that's what informs you for the next time. So you just have to have the confidence to be in a situation and know that if you're kind of in the moment, then you'll perform and you'll be effective. So I think I had to learn confidence mostly, and I had to learn a discipline of... uh, how to be productive, how to be impactful. But it is it's really a discipline. I, I can't, it's something not to underestimate. You can't just show up. Are you ready
1: to go into the fray? The Ironclad team specializes in developing films, online series and content for the world's greatest brands, organizations and outlets. Now we're taking you to some of the most beautiful and most dangerous places on earth. Go behind the scenes with the world's most cutting-edge filmmakers in Ironclad's new video series, Into the Fray. Each installment takes you on some of the world's most exotic locations to meet adventurers, inventors, warriors, and real-life heroes who've dedicated themselves to forging new paths. We utilize some insane equipment and some insane storytelling tactics to make these things happen and ultimately bring you stories that haven't been told before. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at This Is Ironclad to make sure that you never miss an episode. And remember, new installments drop every Friday afternoon. Adventure beckons. Will you come? I've been uh, really influenced by your brand and what it represents and the stay power that it has And because we see so much... We we don't you don't see a whole lot of that in this in this industry, especially since we've been in it with so many changes. There's been so many changes, and you see some giants shift. You see big mm-hmm. agencies shift. You see companies downsize. And um, what you've been able to do, and the team that you've had, and even on the education side, the voice that you've been able to grow in the industry has been just awesome.
0: Well, I tell you, we get a lot of juice from working with you guys because um, you know we started working together on, you know, projects or, um, you know, we got to know each other's company more because you guys put yourself out there. Like, I mean, even with, with your, your podcast series and, and you putting yourself out there as a, you know, as a company leader is no small feat. And so to me, it's all about creating a, a virtuous circle of you working with people that you like and, and feel that you are inspired by the more you work with them, or you have the luxury of or earning, you know, the, the opportunity to work with them, the more that, you know, creates uh, great work. And the more that work great work is created, you just kind of get more people, you know, involved in that. And it's very reciprocal. We're really lucky in this business. It's very reciprocal. We we get so much juice working with creative people that are doing amazing things. And the fact that you guys give us the feedback on saying, this is valuable. this is important. This kind of support that That's how we're informed. That's how we that's how we you know stay relevant. So it is it's just a lot about kind of an organic process, trying not to overthink uh, the purpose component of it, yeah, and then just deliver the highest quality of whatever that uh, that service or that creative is. Well, you're doing it, and you're it's doing simple. it right, and,
1: and, and it makes it and it makes a difference. And in the education side of it, has been huge. It's been huge for our team, and I know it's been huge for a lot of other folks that we've talked to in the industry. So the education side has been really cool to see. Well, we think that that's a, a key component
0: to um, to our role. I mean, it's not that we're repairing you know analog cameras anymore, but the, a service to me is helping everyone figure out uh, and exploit. And optimize the technology. And right. What better way to do it is collectively through, it's either a workshop or a discussion or, you know, sort of a you know, combination of both. But I think the way creatives learn is that they learn from each other, and all we're doing is we're observing how that education naturally should go, and we're sort of providing the infrastructure for that. Yeah. Right. But um, but it's critically important. Um,
1: Especially in an ever-changing sl- environment, I mean, it's just changing so yeah. rapidly, and these f- film schools are on the same curriculum for years and years, and it's huge.
0: Well, it's it's critically important, right? Um, and and of course, you, you get a lot
1: you get a lot back from that as well. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine. Um, so as we wrap, I, I we always ask someone, especially. Uh, leaders, high performers, everyone we talk to, right? And you just had so much insight on, on yourself, how you've grown as a leader. And for the people that watch this, they're people that, that pursue their dreams. They're people that want to create, um, that whether they're content creators or leaders of their own companies. Um, we, always, we always try to take as, uh, as much advice from our guests as possible. So if you were going to give anyone a, a challenge for five days that would improve who they are, how they lead, how they operate. What do you think it would be?
0: So we we talked about self-discipline a lot, and so maybe I'll I'll mention that again. But I would say be, before I answer the question, I think one is they treat your personal time as a real commodity. Like time is precious; it's a precious commodity. Um, I think just because you're a certain age, you may not realize that but the time of, let's say, as we said, 24 hours in each day. Treat that time preciously. And I would say, you know, just make a list or a mental list of the, the people that you interact with in your life, whether it be in your career or outside of your career, that you get inspired by and really want to spend more time with. And make sure that you're moving in a direction in which you get to spend time with the people that inspire you, and since you're, if you're really precious with your time, then, adversely, you should not spend time with people that bring you down. Like you know, unless you have, unless it's part of your job, but if you're, if you are uh, stingy with your time and you take it back as your own time, I think be- you know, thinking about the people that you work with and spend time with. Uh, is critical because then when you're in those moments with those folks and you've already preconceived, wow, this person is, is one of those folks that really, really taps something in me, then in those moments, you're really, really present. Um, but outside of that, I, I think if most people don't get ahead of their day and really think of each day as something that they own rather than the day owning them, I would say if it was a challenge for a week I would put the time in up front. If if you don't do it now put, get up an hour earlier or spend one extra hour at the, either on the beginning of a week or the beginning of each day that week and take control over your day whatever way works for you personally. And then see what that looks like at the end of the week and see if if you were more present in situations, whether you were more productive, whether you were happier or whether you, creatively, it gave you uh, a little bit more, um, you know, insight. And I think so much of uh, our our day and our uh, the way we operate is psychological. Right. And so much of that psycholog- psychology is uh, something we can control. You just got to you got to pre-plan. It's like an Italian painter. It's all in the, it's all in the prep. Yeah. Right? So, uh, I think that's what would be the challenge is, is if if you're not a planner, uh, take an hour for one week before you ever dream earlier, earlier than your day would normally start and, uh, and take control over it. That's great.
1: See where you end up. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Pete, thank you so much. Like I said, we're not only fans of the brand, fans of you as a leader, what you've been able to do and the support that you've always given us, all, the time you've always given us. Um, it's just been an inspiration and just uh, great to work with you.
0: Well, right back at you. I mean, you, you guys, uh, yeah, we, we love working with you guys and we love the work that you're doing. And you know that any anything you need from us uh, and and the more you guys do shows like this or... Um, just have people thinking about this stuff is, uh, I think, going to come back, uh, you know, multiples to you guys. It's great for your team. It's great for you personally. And it's also people understand who you guys are. Um, so we, we appreciate it. I, I, I'm thrilled that you, got, that you guys are doing this. I'm thrilled you, that, you, that you asked me appreciate
1: it well the the feelings are mutual and and i appreciate the comments i really do and uh i get just as much out of it as everybody else honestly i mean this is something that i'm very passionate about and being able to interview guys like you and have these real conversations and get a behind the scenes look of what life is and 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 what drives people has been huge well such a pleasure all right have a good one we'll keep in touch all right all right thank all right, you everybody. We'll all talk right. to you soon Bye right, bye all right bye, all right, bye big thanks to Pete Abel. Make sure you check out their incredible work at abelcity.com. Also, make sure to check out the Brian Kane Mental Performance Mastery Podcast. It is the newest podcast on the Ironclad Content Network. And as always, you can check us out at This is Ironclad on Instagram. Thanks. See you next week.